Maltesers. The light, fantastic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's What You Could Have Run podcast. There's been a pretty massive gap since the last one. I did warn that there was not a lot of races going on. There might well be a gap and that certainly proved to be the case. The only notable race that's really happened since then, uh, certainly in the UK, has been Country to Capital, which I was going to interview someone on and then he politely pointed out I'd already covered that. So it's for safe going back over old, old ground. Um, I decided to have a bit more time off. Since the last podcast, uh, it's been New Year and I've been trying to get some decent running training in, trying to get my performances a bit better, a bit more consistent and try and ramp the mileage back up. I've had a quite a sort of lacklustre end of last year. Um, and as is traditional, it seems to be at the minute, I managed to injure myself early on. Last year, in about February time, I managed to tear my calf and that just three weeks off. This year, I managed to slip on the ice on a morning run, just tweaked my hamstring a little bit. It didn't seem too bad, but yeah, running on it for two weeks was not the best idea. And it got progressively worse to the point I was struggling to walk and even things like getting off the sofa was difficult. So I finally uh, admitted defeat, went to see Rudy at the treatment lab, who confirmed what I thought. So I had to have just over two weeks of complete rest, couldn't even do exercise, bike, etc. I think with a lot of people, that's, yeah, it shows quite how quickly you can lose fitness because not doing any cardio or anything for two weeks meant when I did take my cautious return back to running, I seemed to have absolutely no fitness. And with huffing and puffing, just trying to run a couple of miles, which when you're trying to start the year well and train for 50s and 100s, because I've got the Lakeland 100 again this year, it's not really a boost of confidence if you can't even run a mile. One of the races I planned with the Fred Shoes uh, 10 miler, which is a local race in St. Albans. Everyone tells me it's an amazing, really nice local club event, decent course. This is the first year I managed to finally get a spot for it because it sells out really quickly. And yeah, managed to injure myself before, so couldn't run it. So seemed destined never to run that race. Another race I was aiming for early this year is the Malta Marathon, which takes place in early March. It's been running, getting on for 30 years or so now. So it's got a long running road marathon. Basically starts in the middle of the island and runs down to the coast. So it's also net downhill, all on road. So it's quite a well-respected uh, race. I don't think the good for age times would actually stand for that if you did get one because it's too much net downhill and starts too far from the finish line. But if you just want to actually get a decent fast marathon under your belt, it's certainly good. As it falls on my birthday this year, or a couple of days before, my good wife uh, booked us a hotel and flights to go out there so I could run it. Nice weekend in comparative sunshine compared to the rubbish weather we're having in Britain and get another marathon under my belt. And it seems much like the Fred Hughes, another race that seems a little bit cursed for me at the minute as we booked the race in early February and by mid-February it was already cancelled wasn't cancelled due to covid which happened the previous year and in 2019 it was also cancelled due to floods this year the organizers were forced to cancel because they couldn't get approval for the route they wanted to use even though it's the same route they've used for a number of years and had up to 4,000 people racing on it basically transport malta the transport department 
would only approve a route that they suggested, which when the race organisers looked at it, they didn't think was viable or safe. So they were forced to cancel it. And then literally a day after they cancelled it, Transport Malta and Sport Malta then joined forces to put another marathon on for the same weekend, which literally was three weeks from the announcement to when the race was going to be held. And I've only ever worked really on park run and stuff, but I know from talking to race organisers quite how much effort is putting an event on. So for two government departments with limited experience of putting on large scale sporting events to organise an entire road marathon in three weeks is, yeah, it, it's a big step up. There's certainly concerns about how well it's going to go. In terms of what happened, when you read up online, there's sort of two distinct views on this. One is that a long running marathon failed to secure permission and cancelled. So the government stepped in to ensure a replacement in double quick time to make everyone happy. The other uh, school of thought on this is the government basically forced them to close by not giving them the permit they wanted so they could take it over and start scoring some sort of positive PR because they've got local elections coming up shortly. So depending on how much of a conspiracy theorist you are, it's either great the government stepped in to put a marathon on or it's all part of their devilish plan to take over the event for future years. As I said, in previous years, they've had as many as 4,000 runners. They've got a marathon and a half marathon. I don't want to split normies over those. This year, being organised in three weeks flat, there is obviously a lot less people signed up. And there seems to be about 450 for the half and 100 for the full marathon. So it's certainly going to be one of the smallest big city marathons I've ever taken part in. But as the flights were non-refundable, we kind of figured we might as well just go anyway and see how good or bad it is. And some of the benefit in having run quite a few marathons in the past is even if things like A stations, etc., often the course is poorly laid out. I think I'll probably make it through to the end. It's certainly if this was your first marathon, I would be a lot more nervous about placing confidence in two government departments to organise a very difficult sporting event in three weeks flat. So it's now Thursday, due to fly out tomorrow to run it. The race itself is on Sunday and it starts at 6.30am and due to the need to get from the finish to the start, there's coaches laid on by the organisers and they leave at five o'clock in the morning. So it's got to feel a bit of sort of New York marathon about this, getting up in the middle of the night to force some manky porridge and then try and get on a coach out into the middle of nowhere to hang around the cold ready to run. At the minute it looks like it's going to be dry and sort of peak at about 14, 15 degrees so it should be perfect weather. So I'm, I've got low expectations of how well it's going to go both from an organisation point of view and how fit I am. So I'm thinking if I go in with low expectations I'll probably be pleasantly surprised if I can do an all right performance and the event isn't a complete disaster. The other thing it's got going for it is it's all organised for charity and it's a bargain price of 20 euros for a chipped time marathon on an accredited course with a medal and a t-shirt as well. So it's probably one of the cheapest marathons I've run as well. I've just got to wander off now, pack all my bags and finally get ready. I'll be flying out in the morning and let's see how I get on. Well, I made it here. It all seemed to go pretty well in terms of flight and everything. 
that's about a two and a half hour flight or something all landed fine in terms of covid wise it was uh needed to be triple vaxxed to get into the country and also have your passenger locator form so that was all fine then we went to get the hire car we managed to get a ridiculous deal i think we paid like eight pound for the hire car but was ridiculously cheap the downside is it's a slightly uh dodgy hire car thing of they announce there's no damage to the car and then when you go and look at it there is so we had a hour of sort of queuing and arguing the toss over that we didn't manage to sort that all out in the end and then we got on the road and traffic in malta is bloody awful which isn't a great sign for the marathon about to come they can't even keep it sort of clear on a friday lunchtime then shutting down half the island for the marathon could well annoy people uh, on the way out we spun via pretty little fishing bay that's completely unpronounceable but it was lovely to get a bit of lunch there we also looked at st peter's pool which is a nice little, little beach section and then called into the national indoor swimming center which is where the packet pickup was and for 20 euros you've got given your bib your pins a little band that denotes what start pen you're in although for the marathon that was pointless because 100 people were in the same start pen and yeah, a little uh, printed up bag as well, which was handy. Although, again, makes you wonder, did they really manage to get medals, T-shirts and bibs and all this printed up in three weeks flat? Or did they kind of already have this at the back of their mind to stage their own marathon before the other one officially cancelled? Unsure on that one, I have to see. What I would say is going around the island, there's a, a quite a lot of runners here, probably not as many as usual, but there's definitely a bit of a kind of faction between those doing the new government marathon and those doing the either the Solidarity Run, which is a guided 10k or half marathon route. And then there's also the official original marathon. I've got all the medals and uh, t-shirts and if you run one of their suggested gpx routes on sunday meet them in the hotel they will give you the medal and the t-shirt so there's kind of three versions of half and full marathons going on on the same day which is a bit unfortunate because running normally kind of unites people and it seems like this weekend it's divided people a fair bit which is unfortunate and they're off out to explore the old town of Valletta, out for dinner, and then the plan Saturday, a bit more sightseeing, get ready for the race on Sunday. Well, it's 4.50 in the morning, local time, which is more like 3.40 UK time, which is nuts. And I'm just wandering off to try and find the bus that leads from somewhere just outside the finish line back to the start. The organisers were pretty vague on this. No information at reception. To pick up the race bib, and when I've messaged them on Facebook, they basically just kept saying in pretty good English that it's leaving from near the finish. Obviously, near isn't that useful. So hopefully when I get there, it'll be quite obvious how many coaches there are. There's about 100 people for the full and about 450 for the half. I think they set off the coaches different times so I don't know without any pre-booking system how they guess how many coaches to lay on because presumably some of those are going to be locals that have got their own transport arrangements so we shall see. 
I've had too early obviously for hotel breakfast but I bought a slice of pizza on the way home last night from dinner so I'll be having that as a bit of a pre-breakfast before the marathon I don't make a lot of sense am I because I'm very very tired Keep looking for this coach, and I will see you all. We'll speak to you later. Bye. Well, it's 6:20 now. Managed to get the bus up to the start. That arrived about 20 minutes late. It's hard to know in foreign countries how tight they're going to be on timings and stuff. Spain always has quite a relaxed approach. Wasn't sure about Malta, and yeah, it turns out they were quite relaxed as well. So. Most of us spent half an hour freezing our tits off in a cold um, car park waiting for a pickup, but we did get here in the end. And there's, yeah, 100 or so people congregating in a little village square ready to get going. So let's see how we get on. Well, the race is over and done, and obviously I've finished and made it back. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here in this podcast. I did try and record a little bit of footage after the race, but the sound quality, etc., is terrible, so I won't subject you to that. In terms of race itself, yeah, it set off at 6.30, a few minutes late, but pretty good. And, yeah, the course itself is mostly picturesque, really. It's around the kind of countryside, farmland, and the pretty little villages in the centre of the island. You do a good bit of kind of looping backwards and forwards on yourself almost to make up the distance but because they're kind of big loops it's only really when you look at the gpx route afterwards you realize that you're doing a lot of big loops to get back to the start again and about kind of mile 16 you then sort of head back out towards slima or salima not sure you pronounce it where the finish line is and yeah that's a nice bit then you just know you're counting the miles down as i said before it's got a lot of downhill on the course but Oddly, when you run it, it doesn't seem quite as significantly downhill as you expect. There's There certainly are sections down, but there's also quite a lot of uphill. And certainly my current fitness, it wasn't a sort of guaranteed PB. It was quite a hard effort to try and get going on that. Weather-wise, we actually had a little bit of rain on Saturday, which was annoying because it then seemed to save all the sunshine for Sunday. And if you're a fat, pasty Brit, who's come back from sort of three, four degrees in Britain, being asked to run a marathon as it's gradually creeping in sort of 15, 16 degrees, does take it out of you a little bit. Fortunately, I had been out to Tenerife about a month earlier, so at least had some experience again of running in the sunshine. Being uh, 100 people in the marathon, we did pretty soon kind of get spread out. There was normally a couple of people in front I could see, but within the first, I don't know, 10 miles or so, you pretty much settle into where you are in the pack and there's very little passing after that. The concern that original organisers had with this route in terms of safety with the roads, the sport malta, transport malta seemed to really uh, step up to that because there were just ridiculous numbers of police and as emergency services and volunteers marshalling anywhere that was an issue. There were a couple of instances where they couldn't close the roads, so you were running on a sort of country lane, running with the flow of traffic, which is certainly for British persons very much against what you're told to do, but that's what the official route was. 
So for that reason, I probably wouldn't recommend running with massive headphones because it is good to hear those cars that are coming up behind you, even if it is quite quiet. The A stations had Aquarius bottles with proper lids, so that was all handy. The only thing they didn't have is any water to drink, which, as I said, for a fat pasty Brit in the sunshine, could have done with a bit of water to try and cool off. They did, I think, have uh, sponges on the course. They seem to favour wet sponges in Europe. But by the time I got to them, either the faster marathon runners or the half marathon runners who set off an hour behind us had used them all up. So the only evidence of that was some manky sponges thrown at the side of the road. So they probably do need to look at that in future years as arguably someone 20 minutes into a half marathon does not need a sponge whilst the people who are coming past two hours later having run the best part of 16 miles do need that a lot more. Uh, not knowing what my fitness was, I set off very conservatively, just kind of ran to field, jogged it, soaked in the scenery. It was a beautiful day. Lovely section run on the beach. And I kind of by started to get a little bit quicker after the first few miles and I think sort of miles eight and ten I kind of got back pretty much bang on eight minute miles for those periods so I was doing all right briefly I had thoughts that I might get a 330 marathon but as kind of mile 16 came when the sun started to beat on me it became very apparent that not training for a marathon is not the best idea and I was finding it quite hard to keep the pace up. So at that point, I just stopped, walked a bit, had a few gels, changed uh, the music on my iPhone as it kept playing a lot of old rubbish and sort of settled into just getting on with it, accepting that I'll probably get around about a 3.40 finish. As I said, it was all very well marshalled, but there were a couple of bits where you were querying a little bit where you might want to go, but they did have arrows on the floor as well, so that was good. And I was coming down to about mile 20. It's all pretty good. But then I think there's somewhere around mile 22 where I presume they just can't work out a decent route. So they basically take you up along what is the equivalent of the North Circular. Or if you've been to Coventry, the ring road around Coventry. And they've cordoned off a lane for you. So it was very safe. But you were basically running next to two or three stationary lanes of traffic. All pretty pissed off. They couldn't get where they wanted to go get on a Sunday. Mostly because of a fat, sweaty British bloke running along on the inside lane behind some fencing. By this point, you were very spread out and I probably didn't see many runners at that section. So it was a bit like running on your own. Presumably the Maris, uh, half marathon runners would have been a little bit more bunched up and a bit more of a race feel. So in mile 23, you kind of leave the sort of motorway bypass flyover section and then it is a straight kind of three mile downhill loop around the bay towards the harbour to finish and it's it's very scenic but you're even more spread out by this point so yeah you really are kind of running on your own at this bit and some of the marshals almost nodding off waiting for the odd runner about a mile out you do start to get the crowds a bit more which does encourage you along and i pass my hotel which is always good to know and feel like you're actually getting back and the crowd certainly helped uh we pick my feet up and get moving a bit. In the end, I finished three hours 38, which is, yeah, about what I hoped for, really, for someone so undertrained. At the end, got quite a nice medal, banana, more drinks, etc. And then it was time to kind of hobble back to the hotel. Unfortunately, I didn't quite make it back in time for breakfast, which was my main aim. So I did get time to have a shower before checking out the hotel. And then the wife and I went and had 
a good few cocktails and beer sat looking out over the bay before heading back to the airport and heading home. As I mentioned it before, there were three kind of versions of races going on that weekend. And that became very apparent checking out the hotel because that was actually the sort of cordoned off the foyer. And if you'd run one of the GPX routes for the original official marathon that had been cancelled, that was where you turned up to prove that you'd done it and to get your T-shirt and medal. So yeah, I was stood in reception wearing the T-shirt from the evil government marathon that I just finished while the, uh, the true believers were just behind me collecting their medals and T-shirts. I said before, it's a bit of a shame that running this time didn't really unite people and it was all split up due to the varying government and health and safety issues. So hopefully in future years that will all get resolved and there will be one single marathon that unifies people rather than all these weird kind of offshoots. I'd certainly recommend Malta. It's a gorgeous island. The weather can be a bit hit or miss that time of year. I mean, ultimately it's spring. Generally, though, it will be better than Britain. So there's much more chance of sunshine and the people there are lovely. The food is amazing and the uh, drinks and food is good quality and pretty cheap as well. So running aside, it's certainly a beautiful uh, island and a beautiful town to visit. And I'd certainly recommend it. As I mentioned before, we've had a bit of a break with podcasts. So hopefully there'll be a few more races coming up. And we can get a few more recorded and out there for any events you're doing that you'd like to see featured, then drop me a message. Game over.